This is the Extra Point Podcast. During this podcast, we will dive deeper into our Sunday teaching and share practical next steps for your faith journey. Now, let's kick off the Extra Point. Well, welcome to the Extra Point, where here at Southward Church, we are going to continue the conversation from Sunday. Sunday, we heard um, our teaching from our discipleship and Next Steps Pastor Cheryl Ross as we were in our fifth week of Leaving Behind, Left Behind. And we're going to just kind of jump right in. Thank you for joining. If you have questions or comments, we do have the live stream pulled up right here with us. Please do not hesitate to ask a question. We would love to chat with you today. So um, Cheryl, just kind of get this rolling, um, or should I say scrolling? Um, no? Okay. So uh, Cheryl talked about <laughs> the scroll that had writing on both sides and how there was only one who was worthy to open that scroll. And I think that there's a little bit more we could take from that, an extra mm-hmm. point that we can gain. Would you care to share about that? Yeah, sure. So we are in our week five, and... Um, I covered Revelation chapters 4 and 5, and chapter 5, we're introduced to this scroll that is in the right hand of the one sitting on the throne, that being God. And um, I mentioned on Sunday that the scroll did have writing on on both sides of it, and it's called an epistograph is what it's called, that specific type of scroll. And what we need to unpack and realize about the scroll is it's not only like the means of which Jesus would be um, installed as king on the throne, reigning with God, um, but that the scroll itself is God's plan and his purpose for um, the rest of time. It is the the plan and the purpose of um, bringing evil to light, like letting evil be at its worth, worst and bringing it to light so that it can be defeated. And that's what we kind of see in the rest of Revelation. Um, But the writing on both sides means that there's no room to add anything to that. Like, so we can know and see that this is like the final and the fullness of his plan and purpose, and that Jesus is a means by which it's going to happen. And so um, I thought that that was cool because I said, oh, there's just a little nugget for you. But I was like, I should have probably explained like why that piece of information was important um, because as I as I thought about it more and more, I was like, you know, knowing that there this is the final thing. Like early on in scripture, Genesis, as those promises begin to happen and things begin to unfold, you know, there's promises of things to come yeah. and all of that. But like we continue to see things happen over and over again. But this is like, hey, this is what the final plan is is and when we'll see in a few weeks revelation 21 happens and the new kingdom and the new heaven is established in the new kingdom there's that's the like there's no no more like evil and all those things that we'll have to worry about and so um that's what i wanted to point out about the scroll yeah i think that's a good nugget because there is something important to know that you know, these verses do contain just this completion plan. And there's just like a hope that settles in for that. Mm-hmm. And I think that as you shared a lot about the worship that takes place, mm-hmm. I think it makes it easier to worship when you have that hope yeah. of what has happened here and what is being mm-hmm. um, kind of 
written down for us to to view from the outside looking mm-hmm. in is man there is a reason to worship like there yeah. is completion to all of this that we deal with and there's hope for yeah. what's to come and i think that is a big deal i appreciate yeah. you sh- expanding on yeah, that because it's not like once that happens we no longer have purpose our purpose will be to continue to worship god yes to continue to give glory to him to jesus to um those who sit on the throne and um and we get to reign with him and so when we look at it and what we see throughout the rest of the evil and the bad things in this world like when we look at the rest of it then we don't have that fear because we know hey this isn't the end the end is to defeat all of that and to establish something new that where we don't have to face any of that any longer so that's pretty powerful um so whenever we consider these things what is a um, practical next step that maybe we could all take together to um you know especially for those Mm -hmm. those of us who are following jesus we know we have hope in these things like what is something that makes this real for us that we can Mm -hmm. implement into our own lives maybe even a new habit of some sorts um to just make this a little more real and practical for each of us yeah so um, N.T. Wright, in his commentary that I was reading through and studying through for this, he kind of um, used a metaphor for these two chapters, four and five, of like an orchestra building. Mm. And he talked about how, you know, initially the, the lights are down and then um, they begin to come on and the first little bit starts in and then the next bit of the band and then the full band and then um, maybe actors come onto the stage and he, he talked about this building and building and building that happens within the orchestra until everybody is involved. And then someone takes the stage and he talked about how we are the ones who like, we're invited to come out on the stage and play a part of this now Mm -hmm. that that is part of, of our role and our job is to come out on the stage knowing that, hey, we are worshiping this God who has established all these things, who created not just the world, but us, and that he created us to be able to worship him and to take that worship and this message and this hope and everything to those around us. Um, But often, like, we'd rather just hang out back behind the scenes or we take it maybe um, in one area of our life, but not fully in other areas of our life. And the thing that I think is most practical is just remembering that we need to invite God into our everyday lives and our everyday decisions. Um, because when we do that, we're going to see a lot better outcome. So often we look at um, a career choice based on, well, I need to make X amount of money mm-hmm. or I need to be in this location or I you know, want to be in this kind of role. Uh, however, we're not always thinking about well, what it is that that God wants me to do or where he wants me to be. And do I have enough faith and trust to know that if he has me in this place, then he's going to take care of me, even if it doesn't meet that income standard. But then even in small decisions, like, um, you know, where am I going to spend my money this week, whether I'm going to eat out a whole lot or I'm going to eat at home and budget, you know, do some budget-friendly meals so that way I can give to this thing that is happening to spread and expand his kingdom or um, just literally the way that I decide that I'm going to talk to my spouse um, during the day or how I'm going to respond to a situation. Is this something that brings glory to God and can show his glory to people or is this going to hinder that in a way? And so 
um, just remembering to kind of start looking at those decisions that you make as another way to glorify God, as yeah. another way to give him our worship and to lay it all down at our, his feet and to surrender fully to him by saying, you know, this, this is me. This is my life, my body, my family, but it belongs to you. Like, mm, yeah. and just saying, okay, what do you want me to do with these things? And how can I be a vessel to kind of share your glory with the world and then in turn glorify you in the process? Yeah, that's good. I think that that is um, under, I think anybody can understand that whether mm -hmm. you are young and you're like, wow, I need to just give my college decision or my, how am I going to treat mm -hmm. my teacher versus mm -hmm. as you get older, how, how am I, um, dealing with my kids? How am I dealing with my coworkers? How am mm -hmm. I d doing these things? Um, even, I think that could even be inward focus. Like mm -hmm. what are the things, how am I worshiping God with the way I treat myself? Yes. The way that absolutely. I look at um, my own experiences. Mm -hmm. I think that that can be really um, life-changing if we would allow that to yeah. be a part of our, our stories. Um, okay, so whenever we met with Pastor Scott last week and, and dove a little deeper with him during the Extra Point podcast, um, he had shared how some of the, um, some of the verses and the storytelling that here is in Revelation mm -hmm. also is reflective of some... Um, passages in Daniel, mm -hmm. some of the stories that were told there, some of um, the um, prof, almost a, a prophetic mm -hmm. relation there. And so he dove into Daniel 9, but is there, is there, is there more to it? Mm -hmm. Is there more opportunities to see this yeah. play a part uh, parallel to Revelation? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think I mentioned Daniel 7 on Sunday, because um, there are some aspects where it talks about in chapter four, it talks about those four living creatures. And in Daniel seven, it also talks about some, some beasts or, um, creatures as well. And, um, and I think it's in verse 13, it says, as my vision continued that night, I saw someone like the son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached, approached the ancient one and was led into his presence. He was given authority, honor, and sovereignty over all the nations of the world so that of every race and nation and language would obey him. His rule is eternal. It will never end, and his kingdom will never be destroyed. Um, that right there is a picture of what we are seeing happening within the scroll. That's Jesus who is coming in to the presence of God in the throne room and being set up with that same authority and honor and sovereignty that God has, being installed as king to the, the nations, to the world, to the universe, and seeing that his kingdom will never be destroyed. At that point, when he is established on the throne, he has defeated everything. He is victorious, as we saw through the lion and the lamb. And it, and we see in um, at the end of chapter five, um, it says that um, every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea sings blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one who's sitting on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. And so we see this aspect that like all creatures, all of creation, all people. Um, living, who've died, who, you know, all of them will come and worship God. And that's, and that's what we're told in Daniel 7, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, 
it's just one of the reminders that all of scripture points to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that's just a powerful reminder for all of us. Whenever we dive into this book, Mm -hmm. um, it takes us back to the source, which is Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And what's, what's cool is that, um, and I may mess this up, but like Daniel, like when he's given this message and a scroll and stuff, like it's told to be sealed and not to be opened Mm. yet. But like revelation we're seeing that these things are being opened and being presented because like the time of Daniel, it wasn't the time yet. Yeah. Like Jesus had not came yet for that first time and died on the cross. It wasn't, it wasn't able to happen, but like we're seeing, Hey, this is happening. Jesus is worthy to open this and to do this and to allow these things to play out now. And so um, I find that really cool and exciting oh, yeah. to, to see that aspect and to think of those things. Um, and then something else that I had been reading, um, when I preached several weeks ago was about how, um, Ezekiel is a lot of, has a lot of similarities to Revelation as well. And, um, and, and one of the commentaries said that, um, Ezekiel is to the Old Testament as what Revelation is to the New Testament and how, um, that this whole idea of this new heaven and new earth that's coming in this new kingdom, um, is the one really major shift and difference between the two and how it's like saying that because um, the Old Testament, you had the Old Covenant with God, yeah. but the New Testament, you have Jesus now. And so Jesus is making this new, not just new covenant, but a new world for us to be able to live in. And um, so I just I just find it fascinating yeah. to see all the similarities and all the parallels that you can find. Um, and I think that's how what gets me excited about scripture, because yeah. I think if you read it in such a way where you're one looking for Jesus and looking to, OK, how does this passage play a part in this big plan that God has? Um, I think when I would teach kids, I would say it's a big story about our God, a big God who and his his whole plan for us. And how um, it really all is part of one big, greater story. And so I think if we can see it in that way and say, okay, this this has a part to play with the whole. Like, it's not Mm -hmm. something that we just take out and read and it was for one season, one time. But, like, it all plays a part of the final plan. Yeah. I really hope that um, those who have been joining us through this series see that. Mm -hmm. Because I had heard several stories of people who um, were told by people they love and trust, Mm -hmm. you know, we just don't read Revelation or Revelation is only for people who um, know this much theologically or this advance in their faith story um, and it's or faith journey. And it's one of those things where it's like, actually, Mm -hmm. like this is for you too. This is, and and that's what scripture, it is a story Mm -hmm. about a a big story about a big God. Yeah. And we are in it. We yes, are in this story. We are part of the story. And um, it's just a really cool opportunity. So if you are having trouble reading your Bible, look for where this story um, has you in yeah. it. It is You are woven in it. You aren't the main character, mm-hmm. and that's okay because the main character is yeah. better than any of us could even imagine. Yeah, and I think the bi- like the biggest thing we're trying to say, don't get so tripped up on the details. Yeah. Like trying to understand this exact detail or this exact verbiage. To where you miss the whole point. Yes. Like, that's what I think the Inception series we just finished before this series was about. And what I feel like we're doing a lot of in this is that, like, some of those details, although they might point out, like, 
important things like that the scroll was written on on both sides um that points out something important but like you could get really tripped up of well what does that mean and why does that matter like why is that different from other scrolls or you know to where you just miss that hey this is this is God's purpose and his fullness of his purpose um so just don't get tripped up on the details when you're or all the eyes there's a lot of eyes yes but um I I don't think yes eyeballs I don't think that um (laughs) they're there to confuse us it's really um, to just remind us of how worthy God is of praise. That yeah. Even these. He's, you know, I see the eyes and I'm like, oh, he's all seeing. So that's yes. how like he sees because he's got tons and tons of eyes, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's pretty cool. Um, this has been a really cool series. Before we kind of wrap up um, this extra point edition, mm-hmm. is there anything that you'd like to add? Any extra thoughts before we close out today? Yeah, I think. Um, one thing that we talked about a little bit in group, but I won't go into details because that's a safe space. That's right. But we talked about this idea of the lion and the lamb and these two opposites and how there's like strength, but like weakness or vulnerability in the mix or sacrifice. And one thing that I thought was really cool was that it was pointed out this um, kind of aspect of husband and wife at times is that like um, – you have this combination, but you're one, you know yeah. what I mean? When you become a husband and wife, you become one yeah. and you bring your strengths and your weaknesses to play. And so does the other person. And a lot yeah. of times they complement, or one may have that strength in a time where you are weak and feeling vulnerable and the other doesn't. And I thought, how great of a picture is yeah, that cool. to represent, you know, marriage to the, the relationship that God the father and God, the son have as well Mm -hmm. to know that like, Hey, that is a beautiful picture representation, um, to, to see that aspect in it, I thought was a really good point. And so, um, you know, sometimes that's just a really easy way to understand that aspect of how, how can someone have those two in the same instance and be one Mm -hmm. is is that. Yeah. I love that. So, um, I want to encourage you guys to keep looking for, where God is both the lion and the lamb in your faith journey and how you can share that with others as we uh, meet back together this coming weekend and discuss more from the book of Revelation. Um, Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to The Extra Point. Be sure to subscribe to the Southridge Church Podcast and tune in every Wednesday for another episode of The Extra Point.